Hello, everyone. We just launched a new podcast called Mindbenders. I know you love Path Love and Podcasts, and you're thinking another one. Yes. So, what is the Mindbenders podcast? It's exactly what you think it is, exactly as it sounds. It is a podcast sharing stories that bend the mind. Here's the first episode. If you think you have a story of synchronicity that can bend our minds, send it to us by email at mindbenders at path11productions.com or call us at 1-323-713-1113. That's 1-323-713-1113. Mindbenders can be found at mindbenderspodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Mindbenders Podcast. Stories that will make you question reality. These are incredible stories from average people like you and me. Stories that have endings that seem virtually impossible and no real explanation on how the timing of events could have lined up so perfectly. The stories we collect will make you wonder if these are just coincidences or the presence of a deeper intelligence at work. But that's for you to decide. And now for the Mindbenders Podcast. So hello, everyone, and welcome to our new show. Uh, This idea came to me after my dad called me and told me an incredible story about how he met Jimi Hendrix's granddaughter. Now, I am going to bring my dad on to be the very first guest of this show, because after this story happened, I just could not deny synchronicity anymore. I was blown away by this story. I couldn't believe it because of the connection that my dad has always had with the singer Jimi Hendrix and how much he loves him and he talks about him all the time. Um, So the fact that he had the opportunity to meet her and wait until you hear the way that it happened, this show is inspired by this story. So this is going to be the first episode. I want to introduce my dad, Rick Hanna. Hi, Dad. (laughs) Hi, hon. How you doing? <laughs> Good. Thank you so much for being my first guest, and it's an honor, and I'm so excited that you're actually the one that inspired this. Um, but this is such a crazy story, and after you told me uh, what had happened, I, one, knew that I somehow, some way had to get this on recording, because who's actually going to believe it? And I want to be able to tell this story for like days and days and years and years after you pass away. Um, but to have it recorded is going to be awesome. And um, and then it just got me thinking like there, I know that there are more stories out there about synchronicities. And maybe this show in itself can just begin to give people hope, bring people joy, warm their hearts, um, which are all those wonderful qualities that you have anyway. So I love you so much. And I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. (laughs) Happy to be here. Yeah. So, okay. So why don't you let our audience know before we kind of get into how you met um, his granddaughter, just start talking about your love of Jimi Hendrix, when you saw him, (laughs) the concert, what happened spiritually and your whole, the story that I have heard so many times, I want you to share that story with my audience. So um, I'm going to give the mic over to you. Okay, here it goes. Uh, actually, the first time, well, the only time I ever saw Jimi Hendrix play live was um, September 4th and September 5th because he ran over midnight. And uh, this is 1968. <clears throat> and um, in the 60s, in the late 60s, uh, early 60s, late 60s, you know, a lot of us were experimenting 
with um, hallucinogenic drugs. And uh, that night I had taken a tablet of white lighting LSD. And I went to see Jimi Hendrix. Little did I know it would be the perfect combination for a very spiritual show. And uh, I have never forgot that evening and uh, never will. Uh, he's such a great, great master on the guitar. And um, I just, I, I've always loved his music before I saw him. I thought it was just something totally different. And um, the more I listened to him, the more I understood what his music was about. And he would, he would just take certain riffs and he would fold in all of his psychedelic um, reverb and wah-wah pedals and everything he had on stage. And he would, he would combine that into a, a spiritual experience. I'm telling you, it was like nothing I'd ever felt in my life. And um, I was so in tune with him. That night, I couldn't believe it. It was it was such a show, and um, I remember uh, the group right before him was called the Vanilla Fudge, and uh, they were an incredible rock group at that time too. And the kids blow me; they're a little bit younger, but I think they were flying high too. <laughs> and um, and after they played, uh, this one kid got up, he stood up, and he goes, "Man, Hendrix was awesome." <laughs> <laughs> and then I looked down on the stage and I say, saw this guy hammering down the microphone stand for Hendrix. And I said, uh, no, man, I think he's just getting ready to come up. <laughs> <laughs> and you could hear the guy pounding the nails into the stage, you know, so they could hold the microphone stand down for Hendrix. Because, you know, he, was, he would uh, take his guitar and he'd rub the strings against the stand sometime for his reverb, you know, effect, whatever he wanted. So that, that was kind of hilarious. But. But uh, the show itself was an incredible experience. Uh, and at that time, they had a um, curfew on the Coliseum where he was playing because there was a group called the Brotherhood of Man that sang a very, uh, how can I say, um, insulting song about women. <laughs> so the mayor of Phoenix said, no more concerts after midnight at the Coliseum. Well, at midnight, Jimmy said... I hear you got a curfew in Phoenix. <laughs> he laughs. <laughs> and uh, so he goes, but he goes, you know, I don't fly on time. So here goes Purple Haze. <laughs> that was the song he played you know, at midnight. And then he kept on playing after that, wow. well into the morning. So, yeah, it was quite a concert, to, needless to say. And uh, I never forget one moment uh, I was watching him play. And... Uh, he was staring up at the lights that were beaming down on him, and uh, I was watching him. I was pretty close. I could see his face pretty clear, and he was just staring into these lights, you know, and I'm looking at him, and uh, it was about the time I was peeking on the LSD, and I turned around and looked at the lights with him, and it was probably the most psychedelic sight I'd ever seen in my life. I mean, there was paisleys and flowers exploding <laughs> it was unbelievable and i knew at that moment uh he was singing voodoo child and i knew at that moment i was seeing the exact same thing he was for some reason i felt that i knew that and uh, it was it was amazing and then he come across with this line that says 
I didn't mean to take up all your sweet time. I'll give it back to you one of these days. And uh, the line right after that says, uh, if I can remember correctly, it says, if I don't see you anymore in this world, I'll meet you in the next one, and don't be late. <laughs> so anyway, those say, those those words in that site have stuck in my head for, let me see, what's it been now? Uh, 51 years. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that, that was the concert. So um, I don't know if you want me to expound on the meeting with his granddaughter yet, or yeah. if you have any more questions about the concert. Yeah, I do want to. I do want to talk a little bit more about the concert because you know I know you know I always tell my my friends, oh my dad was a hippie. He's probably done every drug under the sun. So you know me, <laughs> I have not yet tried LSD or have gone to a concert high on LSD. Um, maybe one day I will, and I'll be able to totally get what you're talking about. <laughs> But um, I know that when you said, you know, there was like this connection, I know a lot of times you kind of talk about that connection. And, um, you know, I do have some friends that have had some hallucinogenic uh, trips, and they've been very spiritual for people, very meaningful, and something kind of changes them. And um, I was just wondering if if you have any other recollection of kind of what was going on when you, you know, were on this journey uh, with him, because I know that you just feel so connected to him through that. And whether it was the staring at the lights, and that's what you remember, or if there was anything else that just felt really, um, I don't know, just very profound. Yes. Uh, There was a statement uh, that Jimi Hendrix made, I saw it on a poster once. And uh, the, the statement was, when the power of love overcomes the love of power, the world will know peace. And that's what I felt that night. Hmm. I felt the power of love like I've never felt it before. It, it was an amazing night. It was. That's all I can say. And and it was it was his love of music trying. I could feel his soul trying to squeeze out of every note i could almost see every note it, it was it was an amazing night uh, but his his he was a very gentle gentle soul everything i've ever read about him uh, states how what a gentle man he was and uh, i remember uh, his um the mother of tamika who i have uh, connected with on Facebook only through one message, but uh, Tamika is one of his daughters, uh, one of his love children, they called her, because he was not married. And, um, oh, I forgot where I was going with that. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's okay. We were talking about what a gentle soul he is and um, oh, yes, that yes. from him, that quote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, and it, the the mother of Tamika was stating once that uh, he was the most gentle man in the world, and they have fought over his estate, and his daughter Tamika has never received anything because she was a love child. She wasn't married into the family and whatever, you know. So um, she was stating that he would never, ever argue over money. You know, and it and it, you could just, 
I, I don't know, knowing, listening to him, to his lyrics, and kind of knowing him soulfully, I would believe that he would be very upset with his family and the way they have treated his, his whatever you want to call his financial, um, you know, holdings and stuff. But anyway, um, that's just another side of the story. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, well, and uh, before we even get to how where Tamika comes in and you know her granddaughter and stuff like that, we also have to right. laugh about and talk about the Jimi Hendrix poster that you wanted to hang up oh. in the house. <laughs> and Carolyn, our step my stepmom and my dad's now wife, um, was like, "Yeah, no, can't stay in here." But I was thinking about that the other day because I know eventually you put it in there a little bit as a joke. I want you to tell that story. And then it made its way okay. into your garage. But can you imagine if you kept Jimi Hendrix's poster in the house and not in the garage? Oh, I know. <laughs> I mean, how many how many 70-year-old men have a picture of Jimi Hendrix in their garage? <laughs> right. And it was that picture That's- in the garage that ties into... The meeting of his granddaughter. Yeah, but exactly. But yeah. tell the but, story about how. Where did you get the poster? Well, what was the whole gag be- behind that? Well, um, the group of people that I associated with when I got married to my wife, uh, cousins and friends and stuff like this. There was there was uh, one gal who was uh, my wife's uh, brother. She is now his wife. It was his girlfriend then. <clears throat> she was uh, giving me a hard time about finally buying into the establishment and buying a home. <laughs> <laughs> it was the first new home I'd ever bought. In. And uh, so I was um, thinking about that, you know. And uh, so after we bought our home and it was all finished and was getting ready to invite these people over to the house, as you walk into our house, there's a kind of a hallway that you walk into, a foyer type area. And at the end, there's a little archway cove where you can put a picture. Well, what I did was I went out and I said, I'm, I'm going to prove to them I'm not part of the establishment. <laughs> <laughs> so I went out and bought this huge picture of Jimi Hendrix. And that's what went into that little arch cove at the end of the hallway. <laughs> so then when they came over to see our house for the first time, <laughs> Gina, who was the lady that said this, uh, uh, she walks in and I told her, I said, Gina, I'm telling you, I'm not joining the establishment just because I have a house. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the reason I bought the poster. And it was just a joke for Gina. But anyway, then, of course, Carolyn says, no, you can't keep that in the house. So I took it into my garage and it's been hanging in my garage now for 20 years next to my 20 year old 1999 blue mustang (laughs) (laughs) all right so that then leads us into um the day that you that you i feel we could say actually met a part of jimmy you know like jimmy you know is in her and walking into you know, your space, your your driveway. And wasn't this around the time when you weren't really feeling that great? Yeah. And, yeah. 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 I had gone through an illness for a while and uh, wasn't feeling that good, but started feeling like, you know, I got to start doing something physically to help myself out a little bit. So I said, I'll go out and wax my Mustang. I haven't done that in t- probably 10 years. <laughs> so that's, that's where it all started. I was sitting out on a little... I had a little stool. I was sitting there waxing my Mustang, and uh, these two girls walk up, and 
and they, and they um, you know, I knew that they were out canvassing in the neighborhood. You could tell, you know, and they walk up and they go, hey, you ever heard of 6, 9, or 12? And I go, uh, no. <laughs> and she goes, well, you either end up six feet under or nine months pregnant in front of a 12-man jury. And I said, oh, okay. You know, I said, well, you know, to cut the conversation short, I said, because I'm a little bit busier, I said, what does it take, you know, to help you guys out? Is $20 good, you know? Oh, yeah, that'll do, sir. You know, blah, blah, blah. And then, then the one girl looks up and she goes, oh, my God, that's my grandfather. And I said, what? And, and I, I kind of caught what she said. And I said, I didn't believe it. And I said, what? She goes, that's my grandfather. Jimi Hendrix is my grandfather. And I went, you have to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> I could not believe who I was looking at. You know, I said, you are the blood of Jimi Hendrix? Oh, my God. You know, I was just, I was, I was flabbergasted, to say the least, because it was the most, that concept that I saw was life-changing, okay? And uh, all of a sudden, I'm meeting uh, a descendant of that man. It just blew me away. Me out of how many millions of people in the world have listened to Jimi Hendrix, and here I am getting to meet a descendant of his. I was, I was, I was happy. <laughs> That's all I could say, you know. And uh, we started talking, and uh, it was really, really unique because I was reliving the the concert in front of her. Now I was telling her about what happened, like I told you earlier, you know, with the lights and the and the feelings and all this intense you know uh love that was in the air and and she starts crying and she says could i have a hug hmm. so i said sure <laughs> so i gave her a hug and and just watching her i was seeing something happening happening in her mind and um she was actually feeling how great her father was i think her grandfather was for maybe one of the first times because she was just overwhelmed with what I was telling her. And uh, I just kept talking and it led into my religious beliefs about Jesus and how it all ties together. And uh, I told her, I said, uh, you know, I said, I consider the initials of LSD not to mean like sertric acid dimethylene. I consider it to mean the Lord's salvation device. In the, in this meaning, not that you should take drugs to meet God. I'm saying this because that night I found a connection in the universe without being physically there and feeling a generation of love and understanding I'd never felt before. So that's the reason I, I call it the Lord's salvation device. And the Lord places things in your life to happen to show you things, to let you understand what life is about as you go on. And I believe this is one of them for me. And that's what I told her. And she takes the pencil and she writes it down. Oh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, <laughs> she said, I got to write that down. I got to write that down. And then I told her, I said, whenever you, I said, have you ever heard, uh, a song called The Wind Cries Mary. And she goes, no. I said, well, that was one of my favorite songs by your father. 
So I said, when you get home or back, grandfather, I keep saying father, I'm sorry. (laughs) But I said, I said, when when you get home, listen to that song. When you do, think of me. Okay, and think about the night that I got to share with your father, your grandfather, because I said it was a very beautiful night, and I want you to hold that feeling in your heart. You know, because I said that's where Jesus lives is, is in my heart, and I want you to feel that love in your heart. She started crying again. <laughs> uh, makes me tear up thinking about it. She was such a special little girl. Um, She's probably. I would say she was maybe 21, 22, right around that age. And just beautiful little girl. And so I wanted to take a picture of her. So she stood right next to my Jimi Hendrix poster, and I got a beautiful picture of her next to it. She looks just like him. It's, it's incredible. She does. I remember yeah. you showing me the picture. And it's uh, I just see him in her eyes, you know? I, oh, yeah. I think it's the eyes, but... I mean, amazing, yeah. and yeah. So how how did then, how did she end up leaving? Go yeah, go ahead, continue, please. Well, anyway, her name her name uh, she told me her name was Latasha, and uh, I think it was, yeah, it's Latasha, and uh, AKA Cookie is what her mom called her, and she says if you want to verify this, she says you can look look my mom up on Facebook. Her name is Tamika Hendricks. And uh, she says, uh, I'm her daughter. That's all I can tell you. So eventually, now it's been over a year, a year and no, last November. So it's been a year and what, four or five months here. And I figured, you know, when you asked me about doing the synchronicity, I said, you know, I'm going to go ahead and uh, message her on Facebook and see if I can get a reply. So I did. And you read my message, you know, it was my message to her about how I knew and felt about her, her father, Tamika is the daughter. And, uh, so I did that, uh, night before last, and I got a reply back the next morning that says, uh, yes, I'm his daughter and you meant his granddaughter. And I couldn't go to sleep that night. I was so excited. <laughs> I know. You forwarded me the verify. email at like 5 a.m. in the yeah. morning. I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> my poor dad. He's he's up. He's probably nervous about this podcast. But I, I knew that you were probably just like a little kid in a candy shop. Well, I was. Then I started reading uh, his Wikipedia page <laughs> at about 4 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And another thing I come to find out. I was in the United States Army, okay, and I trained through basic training and AIT, which is Advanced Infantry Training, at Fort Ord, California. Well, Jimmy Hendricks was an Army paratrooper, and he joined the Army in uh, 1960, I believe it was, as a paratrooper. And uh, he, he was in the Army for a year, but he felt it just didn't fit in. Neither did, they didn't feel he felt fit in very good so he was honorably discharged as i forget the procedure but uh anyway he took his basic training at fort ord california also oh my god get out really <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i read that night for last night i just went this is getting too unreal you know i've I've walked some of the hallways and streets in fort ord california that jimmy hendrix has walked I even took LSD there once when I was being inducted into the Army. Oh, 
<laughs> because a kid from San Francisco came down and says, hey, does anybody want to trip before we go get killed? <laughs> and so we did. We all were sitting there tripping, you know, and that was when we were in the induction center to be inducted into the Army, you know. So anyway, that was, yeah, that was, that was exciting for me to hear that even, you know. Wow. It was just so many little things about him and soulfully how him and I are. I, I feel his his understanding of love and the power of love is really close to what I feel it is. So that's kind of like my summation of that. <laughs> yeah. So what did this yeah. what did this do just for you in your life? Like, how do you make sense of this synchronicity? Because you know, I know when you and I are talking, I, I have been in your neighborhood. I have never, ever seen anyone coming around trying to sell stuff. I mean, I know some people that do landscaping will put stuff on your doors and things like that. But, you know, when I'm just thinking about, I know how sick you were at that time. I mean, you love your Mustang, but to think that you had enough energy yeah. on that day to go out, you bought the wax, the timing of it, you know, your garage door is open. You guys don't keep your garage door open ever. Um, never. 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 Right. You know, and then it's just the timing. And then here she is, you know, with the other girl and they're walking. And I know how much you love Jimi Hendrix. I know you talk <laughs> about him as if he is your brother. Like you guys are oh, yeah. related that you're best friends. And, you know, when you told me the story, I, I was just I was blown away. It brought me to tears. I was thinking, what a beautiful gift, you know, that spirit just had it to, was. to give this to you. If there was anything in the world that I think you could ever want in life would probably to be like sitting across from Jimmy and you and him having a, like, I don't know, like a three day conversation. And I know that you feel <laughs> very connected to him on a soulful level and as if you have already met him, but to have a physical incarnation of him in the physical body, you know, to come and to have this conversation with you and you get the chance to hug her, which to me also feels like you're hugging him. Um, I just, I have no words for this story. So I just would like to know too, like what, what did it do for you after she left and you just have sat with this for a year and a half and have thought about it? I know you've told the story many times. You know, it, it just, it made me feel more included in the spiritual world. I think that's the best way I can say it. Uh, you know, you, you read a lot of things and you hear a lot of things about the spiritual world. You know, a lot of people uh, may see things manifest, you know. Uh, I personally haven't seen things manifest. I've, I mean, physically in front of my eyes, but I, except for some of my um, tripping days. <laughs> mm -hmm. But, you know, as far as, uh, and that's another reason why I think that's an important um, substance that man should look into, you know. LSD is not just a drug, it's, it's part of understanding the universe. And Jimmy understood that because, you know, and that night he was, he was flying on stage. You could tell, he broke a string while he was playing and he changed the string in the middle of a song. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how stoned he was. And he goes, "Oh, excuse me, let me change my sixth string while I <laughs> try to try to go through this." You know, and he and he did. You know, Noel Redding got playing the bass uh, riff, and and Mitch Mitchell played his drums, and he kept through while he changed the string, and then he kept on going. <laughs> 
You know, so, wow. Well, uh, you know, it makes me yeah. wonder, too, because I know when you were sick for that full year, I didn't know if you were going to make it. You didn't know if you were going to make it. Oh, really? Yeah, I know. You really felt like you were on death's door. I mean, my one trip that I came out there, I've talked about it on other podcasts before when we're talking about death and planning for the dead. But, like, I came out there so you could tell me what your wishes were. You showed me where the envelope right. was. Um, we had a right. long discussion about where you wanted to be buried and... You know, and all this, because you just really didn't know, and I didn't know, and you weren't really getting any better. So that was a, you know, a pretty intense time. I kind of feel like you you died and became reborn, but, uh, you know, also kind of feeling, you know, this whole thing happened during that time, too. You know, I just almost wonder if somewhere within the cosmos, you know, Jimmy's spirit just also needed to come in to touch your heart to give you maybe some sort of hope or to remind you of that connection. I don't know. Oh, it, it definitely lifted me. Yeah. You know, and like you, like you said, I was, I was a very sick man for about a year and a half. I, I had a strep infection in my, uh, in my blood that was in my bone marrow. And I was, I was, uh, yeah, I was a gone man. I felt, and, uh, this, yeah, this incident definitely lifted me to a high point. And, uh, and there were several other, other things that came around through that time, too. And um, just little things, you know. The universe kept prodding me to get better, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think, is what was going on here. Because uh, I still had, you know, things to do in this life and people to talk to and tell things to. And... And then this was um, part of that procedure, I think, because I was I was really in a pretty sick point at that day and that point in time. Yeah, you know, I, I can remember that because I, I have a picture of myself I took with me with her, and uh, I would never show that picture to anybody. I looked so bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I was uh, really physically uh, to being tormented at that time. So, yeah, it, it definitely um, it it changed it changed me spiritually it lifted me to a place where i could start fighting again you know yeah and there was other things that helped along that healing path too and one of them uh, was your reiki session with me mm-hmm. and i'll never forget that as long as i live <laughs> <laughs> i never felt so much love in my life when i went through that yeah. so thank you Thank you very much. You're welcome. I love you so much. And I remember I was, that was a powerful session for me, too. I think you and I both cried our eyes out. <laughs> huh. You know? Oh, it was, it, it was unbelievable love. Mm. I just, ah, oh, my, my chest was just exploding with love. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just, yeah. I love you so much. And I know that. You and I have just a really cool spiritual connection. We always have. I love the conversations that we have with each other. I mean, we're usually on the phone for hours. I also had to give you a time limit for this show because I'm like, all right, Dad, I got about an hour. Because I, <laughs> I know once you and I get rolling, we just get rolling, you know. And uh, <laughs> I had, know I have a doctor's appointment too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we've, um, yeah. I mean, we just, I just love talking about spirit and God and the universe with you and. I'm just so happy that you had this this moment and this opportunity. And I'm just really also grateful 
um, for her mother, Tamika is her name for responding back to you to validate it and, you know, to let you know, indeed, because that oh, would have been too. funny, right? Like if we actually had this podcast and you, it wasn't really true um, or, no. you know, but I knew <laughs> I knew that it was, you know, nobody's going to look up at Jimi Hendrix at her age and be like, oh, that's my grandfather, right? I mean, a lot of kids right. her age probably don't even know who he is. Um you know, right. let alone would recognize him or even pay any mind to that poster. So I just feel like it was it was such a gift. It was a gift for you. I am forever grateful that this happened. It's a story that warms my heart. Um, and I'm so glad that that you decided to uh, come on and be able to share the story because I am sure that there are other diehard Jimi Hendrix fans out there with you, um, <laughs> you know, who love him. I bet you his music has impacted so many people. And um, and who knows, you know, maybe somebody will listen to this Synchronistic Sunday and it will give them that little bit of hope that you also needed in that time in your life where you just didn't know if you were going to make it. And that's kind of my my goal and my hope for this show. Because anytime I hear of a story that combines that synchronicity of spirit and of the world and of the life that we're living in, that we just don't have words to explain how stuff happened, my whole body tingles. It feels warm. You know, the hair on the back of my neck stands up. And and even if it's not happening to me to be able to hear it, I'm like, yep, there is something more here. So that's my hope for people, um, you know, tuning into this new show that we have. There's no other person I would have kicked it off with than you. Um, <laughs> so that's a blessing, too. And um, and this, you know, your story with this was the inspiration uh, for this show to happen. So, Dad, thank you so much. I wish copyright laws, we could like, you know, sign out with a Jimi Hendrix song, but we, we can't. Um, but I would say if anyone listens to this, you know, after you listen to this, put on some Jimi Hendrix. What is that song again, Dad, that you absolutely love? I know you want it played at your um, <laughs> at your funeral. <laughs> the Mary song. When the wind cries Mary. When the wind cries Mary. All right. And what's your favorite part? What's, yeah. the, what's your favorite part of uh, the lyrics there? Oh, I don't know. I just, I just love the flow of that song. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, and and the wordings. Uh, I, I don't, you know, I, I couldn't even tell you the words of it. I just love listening to it. <laughs> I, you know, it's just. Uh, I don't know how to explain it, uh, but it's just a beautiful song. Uh, there's, there's a few songs that I just love by him. Uh, Third stone from the sun, which is the earth, right? And and. Uh, if six was nine, if six was nine, I don't mind. <laughs> That's one of my favorite sayings from him too. And he and he says in in if six was nine, in one of his uh, lines was white collar conservative flashing down the street, pointing your pl- plastic finger at me. Well, soon my kind will drop and die, but until then, I'm going to wave my freak flag high. Hi. <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> cool. Well, I do okay, hope that hon. this story uplifts people. Put on some Jimi Hendrix people. Listen to him. Get the meaning of his songs. Just bask in it. Feel the love. And um, thank you all so much for listening. Dad, thank you so much for starting the show off. I love you, and I hope you have a great day. Help us bend minds one story at a time. 
If you have a story that you know will bend our minds, email our team at media at path11productions.com or call in at 1-323-713-1113. That's 1-323-713-1113. Be sure to vote on our Facebook poll if you believe it, don't believe it, think it's just a coincidence, or a true synchronistic event. If you enjoyed this episode, help us spend some other minds one story at a time and share this on your social media sites. Be sure to subscribe to the Mind Benders podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Mind Benders podcast is a production of Path 11 Productions Podcasting Network.